I'm Josh Escobedo with Weintraub Tobin. And I'm Scott Hervey from Weintraub Tobin. Emily Ratajkowski settled the copyright infringement lawsuit filed against her by professional paparazzi Robert O'Neill. After the district court's ruling on the cross motions for summary judgment, we were watching this case as it had the potential for setting some ground rules for cases involving celebrities who used pictures of them on their social media accounts where those photos were not taken by the celebrity. We're going to talk about the implications of the settlement of this case on this installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. These are the facts of O'Neill versus Ratajkowski. In 2019, O'Neill, a professional paparazzi, took a photo of Ratajkowski outside a flower shop in downtown Manhattan. The photo showed Ratajkowski with her face covered by a bouquet of flowers. O'Neill subsequently registered his photograph with the Copyright Office. Shortly after O'Neill posted the photo online, Ratajkowski posted the photo on her own Instagram account. The photo she posted was the same, except that she added the words mood forever to the bottom of the Instagram post. Shortly thereafter, O'Neill sued Ratajkowski and her loan out company for copyright infringement. Ratajkowski moved for summary judgment on grounds which included that uh, Ratajkowski's reposting was fair use and that O'Neill could not show facts establishing Ratajkowski's loan outs involvement in the alleged infringement. O'Neill filed the cross motion for partial summary judgment on the elements of his infringement claim and on the defendant's affirmative defenses to liability. The judge ruled in favor of Ratajkowski on her motion for summary judgment and dismissed the claims against her loan out company, but found that there are tribal issues of fact as to whether Ratajkowski's use was fair use. In looking at the first fair use factor, whether Ratajkowski's use was transformative, the court noted that another court in the Second Circuit has determined that the purpose of paparazzi photos is to document the comings and goings of celebrities, illustrate their fashion and lifestyle choices, and accompany gossip and news articles about their lives. When news sites have copied paparazzi photographs to document celebrity lives, courts have determined these uses are not transformative. The court said that a reasonable observer could conclude the Instagram photo merely showcases Ratajkowski's clothes, location, and pose at the time, the same purpose, effectively, as the photograph. On the other hand, it is possible that a reasonable observer could also conclude that, given the flowers covering Ratajkowski's face and body and the text, Mood Forever, the Instagram photo instead conveyed that Ratajkowski's Mood Forever was her attempt to hide from the encroaching eyes of the paparazzi commentary on the photograph. We were watching this case because it had the potential to impact some of the other celebrity versus paparazzi copyright cases. Now, most of those other cases did not involve the celebrity making any changes or modifications to the photograph. And as such, the celebrity really never had any real defense to begin with. But there were some cases that mirrored the facts of the Ratajkowski case. For example, a recent case involving Dua Lipa, who reposted a photo of herself wearing an oversized hat, and she added the caption, I'll be living under big fluffy hats until further notice. Another reason why we were watching this case is because I think it, it set a new uh, floor, so to speak, uh, for the determination of fair use for you know appropriation uh artwork or um, circumstances where a 
derivative work essentially is created by appropriating a photograph from a third party. When we last discussed this, we compared the changes that Ratajkowski made to the photo to the facts of the 2013 Second Circuit case of Carriau versus Prince. Uh, that was referred to by the Second Circuit as the high watermark of fair use in the circuit. Right. Um, and, then, and as you know, Richard Prince is well known to be an appropriation artist. Uh, and so this kind of would have set a, a, a new, I guess, high water mark or low water mark, depending upon which way you look at it, of um, transformativeness or fair use. And that case, Carry You versus Prince, involved Richard Prince's use of images from Patrick Carrieu's, uh photo book on Rastafarians in Jamaica. And the book was called Yes Rasta. And Prince used those photos in an art installation, Canal Zone. Now, in that art installation, uh, Prince made, in some cases, uh, significant modifications to Cario's images by creating collages of various images and superimposing items on those images like guitars and scarves. The Second Circuit said that Prince's artwork itself convinces us of the transformative nature of the artwork. The Second Circuit noted that Prince's artwork manifests an entirely different aesthetic from Carrieu's photographs. And then the court talked about how Carrieu's photographs were serene and deliberately composed portraits and landscape photographs depicting the natural beauty of Rastafarians and their surroundings, while Prince's art uh, was crude and jarring, uh, hectic and provocative. Um, we said, Josh, that we thought that the fact that Ratajkowski just added mood forever to O'Neill's photograph might not have been enough uh, for the court at this stage in the proceeding. And uh, it seems like we were correct. I mean, even though the court found a tribal issue of material fact concerning fair use, I think that now that this case is settled, I think we need to treat this case um, as basically um, the floor under which fair use can't go below, right? The smart thing would be to look at this case as um, telling a user what they can't do and that they should do more in order for the use to constitute fair use. Would you uh, agree with how um, O'Neill versus Ratajkowski should be looked at now? Yeah, I mean, I think at least for now, we should look at it that way, Scott. I mean, I think if we look to the Second Circuit's current ruling that's on appeal, uh, the Andy Warhol Foundation case, uh, I think we can make a comparison there and we can see where the court essentially walked back uh, the extent to which fair use can be stretched and essentially said uh, there you can't just put your own spin on the same product and claim that it's transformative in nature now of course i think there is a discrete difference to be called out between the radikowski case and the warhol case in that the warhol case was just a new spin on the art whereas i suppose the radikowski case you could be arguing for commentary and so perhaps you know there are different issues to be explored but I think that if we read into the Second Circuit's ruling, uh, especially since it was reviewed by a larger portion of the Second Circuit, 
uh, in light of the Google versus Oracle case out of the Supreme Court and still upheld, um, I think we could say that the Second Circuit is being more conservative uh, with the application of fair use. And so I don't see that they would have found this particular use to constitute fair use. Yeah, I I think I tend to agree with you, although the the court was um, maybe forecasting where it might where it might look with regards to being criticism or commentary as opposed to the work being transformative, which is an entirely different analysis, right? The work, you don't need to make any modifications to the original work in order for it to be allowable commentary uh, or criticism. Um, usually both of those entail using the work in it, you know, as it existed without making any changes to it. Um, so I guess we'll I guess we'll never know um, how this could have been treated had it gone all the way to trial and then maybe up on appeal. Um, and I, you know, I understand why it, it settled. I'm sure that O'Neill, uh, I'm sure that I'm sure that Ratajkowski agreed to waive the collection of her uh, attorney's fee awards that she was awarded when she got her loan out company dismissed in exchange for O'Neill dropping his complaint, which was the smart business thing to do. But for us IP lawyers who were kind of looking at this case and hoping that we might uh, see something more than just kind of a jump ball uh, on cross motions for summary judgment. Uh, but I guess we're not going to get that here. And um, in the Second Circuit, it's it's still in the state, the current state of fair use is very, very precarious and uncertain. So, you know, tread lightly in New York uh, when when relying on fair use. I agree with that, Scott. I mean, I, and I think that for those of you who are in the Second Circuit or regularly doing business in the Second Circuit, keep an eye on how the Supreme Court comes out on the Warhol case. Uh, I think that's important. Yeah, and we'll, we will be sure to cover that when it comes out for sure. Definitely. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Josh. Hope you enjoyed this installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and podcast. And for additional content, visit our website at theiplawblog.com. Thanks. Thanks.